0: Que viva Chango, A-go. que viva Chango, H- que viva Chango, que viva Chango, señores. Yo también de corazón te daré mi murmurío, con orgullo y poderío, haré que tu nombre suba sí. y en el nombre de mi Cuba este saludo te envío. Que viva Chango, Cambia, sigue. que viva Chango, tía, papá. que viva Chango.
1: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and today's guest um, is a the Normand Reader, his name is Alexander Musrick, he's a professional card reader, designer, and educator. He's been reading the Petit Le Normand for the last about 23 years. He started reading cards at the age of 11 using a regular deck of playing cards. On his quest to discover, it led him to an extraordinary Oracle card, the Normand. He reads other forms of oracle cards as well. However, it is his love of the Lenorman that has been his primary focus. So, tonight we're going to be speaking about the Lenormans as well as timing. So, let me reach out to our special guest. Hello? Good morning. How are you?
2: (laughs) I'm fine, and you.
1: I am doing wonderful. I know it's very late where you are.
2: (laughs) Oh, very early.
1: Yeah, it's about what, 3 a.m.?
2: Yes, it's 3 a.m. exactly.
1: Now, explain to our audience where you're from because I have a horrible pronunciation of French words
2: (laughs) okay so I am from a beautiful island called Iranian which is a French department and uh, let's say that we are between Australia and Madagascar okay you know midway
1: all right and that's beautiful now you started learning divination from an early age
2: yes exactly
1: now, can you explain to our audience how you got into divi- yeah, the divination and how that came to be part of your life?
2: Uh, the thing is that you know, since I can remember, I was always attracted to cards. You know, and uh, in my family, actually, uh, people used to play a lot. You know, like gin rummy and poker, and I was quite, you know, very intrigued by these cards. And so I started to, I got my first deck of cards. I was like eight years old, I I believe. And I started playing with them. And then discovered that they could tell me stories. And later on, I discovered that our family had a gift. That my great-grandfather, my grandfather were card readers. But, you know, when I was born, they were uh, they were gone. I couldn't, you know, uh, find how they read the cards or how they, they do it. So then, you know, my, my mom, uh, she could relate to it. And so she would, you know, she would like lead the way for me and explain that what I have isn't strange. Uh, the things that I was seeing were not, you know, unusual. Mm -hmm. And so I I had quite um, an unusual uh, childhood, if I can tell.
1: (laughs) I think kind of all divinatory people have kind of an interesting background growing up. That can be on the little odd side. At least I know for me that's always been the case as well. Now, you're a... You're primarily a Normand reader, but you read other oracle cards, but it's your love of the Lenormand that really can you through life.
2: Yeah, I read, you know, the Tarot, Tarot de Marseille. I read the Rider-Waite, I read angel cards, you know, all of that is called, you know, cards. I'm Mm -hmm. always attracted to them. But my main skill, if I can say that, is yes. what people what people know me for is le normand.
1: Now, you started with it's, the le petit Norma, normand, right?
2: Yes, exactly. So if I can just, you know, tell my story, oh, I have course. it in my book. But anyway, I would love to share that with people because always, you know, people send me mails and want to know how I started le normand and how it came in my life. So um, I was like uh, 12 or 13 years old, and one day I was watching TV, and there was like this James Bond film. You know, it, the, the title is Live or Let Die. Yes. Where uh, a beautiful woman who, who was called Solitaire, uh, she was a trouble reader. And she would, you know, see things and tell how James Bond will travel, what event, you know, were coming for him. And I was really, you know, caught by this, this deck and, you know, how she could use it to, to give predictions. So I say to myself, I want a tarot deck. I really wanted one. But at this time, you know, you, we didn't have that, uh, connection that we have now with internet and, you know, online shopping and exoteric shop were like a little bit obscure, if I can say. And, uh, so my uncle, George, uh, he was, you know, a businessman and he traveled a lot to Europe. And so I asked him if he would agree to, you know, bring me back a deck of cards. But meanwhile, from the, the day I saw the, um, uh, uh, the 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 movie. I was, you know, searching for magazines and you know, and all sort of, of of adverts, and I discovered that there was a deck called the Tarot de Marseille, which you know, French diviners, because we are a French country, right. French diviners use that for prediction. So I wanted, to, you know, instead of the one I saw on James Bond, I will prefer this one uh, to the original one. So he said yes, and so he went for his trip, and he came back three months later, and he gave me a deck of cards. But when he handled me, it, it's my aunt actually who gave me, you know, the deck. When she handled me the deck, it was too small, you know, to be a tarot card deck because I knew it was seventy-eight cards, and the box was a little bit big. And this one was, you know, skinny <laughs> and a little bit more small than the poker deck that I use for divination. So I was a little bit, you know, uh, like discouraged. But at this time, you know, my, my family, they told me good manners. So I smiled and say thank you. <laughs> and then later on in the evening, I sat at, my, at the kitchen table and looked at the cards. They were, you know, like quite pretty. Actually, what I had as deck is called the uh, Vincent Prépol Le Normand, and uh, it's a deck that is still available in Belgium. It's one of the cheapest, actually, Le Normand deck that exists. You can get a deck for like three or four euros.
1: Wow! Yeah, that is kind of a cheap, you know, deck. To...
2: Yeah, yeah, then... yeah. It's very cheap, and many, you know, Le Normand readers will. Love that because it's the the images are quite soft and you know, and classy. And you have these little poems which we call the Catra, it's four phrases. Okay, and it gives you, you know, um, a notion of what the cart is through distance or through you know, it's near cart or it's it's away or absent. And so, I started reading from that deck and I was only doing the grand tableau because in the little white book, it was the only thing that was actually explained. You know, you deal your cards in um, like a tableau of four rows of eight cards. And then you have four at the bottom. And then you look for your significators and look what card is around and what card, you know, goes left, right, up and down. So I started, you know, like that. And I could get really nice and practical information. And this was twenty three years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it tends to take off, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, some you know, the thing is, um uh, I am like, you know, a nostalgic person, <laughs> if I can tell. Everything that is dear to my to my heart, I tend to you know write a date like on my box. I have the exact date that I received it. You know, I write it by hand, and uh, I exactly you know I can track things easily.
1: I I wish I had that skill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know my. It's quite useful. When you want to write books and, you know, want to give specific details, it's very handy to have this kind of information, you know, (laughs) Nia. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can remember when I received the first deck I actually read with. Mm -hmm. And it was given to me by my grandmother, who was an antique dealer. And she would go to antique shows, auctions, flea markets. And she went to an auction one day, and I was – 18 and mm-hmm. she went rummaging through this, what we call over here is a, a lot box. You know, it's just a box full of stuff. They auction off the whole box. And mm-hmm. she rummaged through this box and pulled out just this single deck of cards, which yeah. she paid $3.50 for.
2: <laughs> Good. <laughs> About Good deal. something years <laughs>
1: ago. <laughs> And the deck was printed in 1850. And it's an antique diviner's Lenormand, which is similar in style to the Grand Jew.
2: Yeah, yeah. This deck is what we call here the the Grand Lenormand, which is the uh, Mademoiselle Lenormand astrological deck, you know. I have seen pictures of your deck. You've shared that, I believe, a few times, and it's quite, you know, beautiful and rare, too.
1: Yes. Uh, I think there's only three decks in the world. I actually own two. Um, I own the original, which is the press board, prior to them actually really running the prints. And then Mm -hmm. I have a 1920 deck that is the uh, color version.
2: Oh, okay
1: But back to you and your style of divination Now, you read um, Lenormand's, and you also have a book out and you create your own decks now as well
2: Yes, exactly. So I have a book that uh, is officially coming out on the twenty eighth of April, but I know that some people who had pre-ordered the book are receiving them right now, okay. And uh, the book really takes you know people from a complete you know beginner or just starting with Le normal to be uh, a proficient and, uh, you know, good reader of the Le Normand and the Grand Tableau. I have, you know, developed um, uh, a technique that I called the Eight Keys to Unlock the Grand Tableau. Okay. And uh, it's not my creation, I will say. It's not my concept, you know, because we read Le Normand the traditional way, even if I tend to modernize a little bit my Le Normand, because... You know, it's, a, it's uh, an old deck, antique deck. And when it was created, it was fashioned for the, the time before, you know. Right. And now you can't apply all the meanings that were traditional in our modern life. For instance, the ship could mean your car or a mode of transportation, you see. And we don't have any, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, how do you call it? Uh, for the writer, you don't have messengers that came to your house and give you a letter. It's most of the postmen. It's most of the delivery people. So right. we try to, you know, we are in in the same, you know, core meaning, but just a little bit, you know, modernized.
1: Now, what's the name of your book so that our audience, if they want to look for it, they yeah. know what to look for? S-
2: so the name of my book is the Art of Normand Reading. Simply that. And uh, it's like, let me tell you the number of pages. It's like a two hundred, yeah, two hundred pages. You know, of really, you know, practical, you know, uh, meanings and ways to work with the card and to get, you know, clear answers and not being, you know, because people tend to complicate the Normand, and then they feel that, you know, it's that for them and they will not be able to read these, the system. But I can tell you that, you know, everyone can do it, yes. but you need to keep, you need to keep your, your, uh, your tarot skills or over method of divination out of the way. You know, when you do the normal, you do only the Normand.
1: Yeah. I. Uh- You know, we see it all the time with people that go from a tarot background into the Laman, and they try to carry over their intuitive and their other skills from tarot without really understanding that there's a particular set of language skills Exactly. You know, creating a sentence and forming that sentence from card to card to card, and how the mm-hmm. cards influence whether they're next to each other, or above yeah. or below. You know, depending on you know whether you're looking at what we call over here the grand tableau, um, mm-hmm. you know, or whether you're doing a line of five cards, or you're doing the small box of nine. You know, mm-hmm. it's. It's a whole different language. It would be like me learning how to speak French because I have to throw (laughs) out everything I know about the English language to be able to understand, you know, the verbs, the nouns, the placement of different words, how words change, whether they're masculine or feminine. So if people come to the L'Enterman and they start fresh, with the understanding that you can't use the other skill that you have from tarot because we're not looking at it the same way. We're learning a completely new language.
2: Yeah. So I think I, I want to add here is that, you know, uh, le normand cannot be read intuitively. I will just explain that. You know, you need to learn all you know the meanings for instance we will take the writer it's you know messages it's someone coming forward it can be a man it can be the postman you know you you know all these a definition and then your intuition will help you pick the right one correct you know but if you don't learn the meaning beforehand Your intuition will not be able to help you pick the right one. So you can't, it's not like Tarot that you will look at the imagery, you know, what what the King of Cups is doing, what he wears, and what direction he's looking at, you know. Uh, Le Normand, when you have the fox, even Mm -hmm. if it's a black fox or, you know, a white fox or it's like uh, pictured in a snowy background, it's always about lies, you know, and treachery or a work card. Correct. Right. And we don't we don't interpret the colors or how he looked like or what he's eating or is him, you know, near a tree or you know, in the hen house. It doesn't affect the meaning. We just, you know, uh, focus on the central image and we apply the meaning directly.
1: That is correct. And, you know, I look at that a lot, and there's a lot of beautiful decks. Yeah. But but I do feel that some of them kind of get lost because people are about, you know, the imagery. They're about everything that surrounds Mm -hmm. it rather than the focus on here's what you want to look at. This is really all you need is just the bear or, you know, just a mountain. Yes, you know the the ring for commitment and unity. You know, it's one of those things yeah. that you know the the background, the colors. You know, they're all designed to catch our eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But what works well is you know a normal deck that is close to you know the 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 early ones, which is you know a clear background. Uh, big and bold symbol, you know, you don't want to see a small ring in a box, you know, we just want to see a beautiful ring just, you know, in front of our eyes. And we don't care if it's a gold ring or a silver ring or a diamond ring, we just want a ring, you know. Of course, we want something beautiful to look at, but we, sometimes, you know, artists tend to Make it busy, you know, a busy card, and we can't recognize what is Primer or what is not.
1: Uh, I'll agree with that. I've actually seen a couple of decks where you can't tell whether or not the card is, say, a bird or a ring, yeah. because the bird's got a ring yeah. in the mouth. <laughs>
2: Exactly, exactly. And and sometimes, you know, you can't distinguish which is the fox and which is the dog because they're all quiet-looking similar.
1: I'll agree with that 100%. Now, when it comes to timing, you know, I've always had an issue with timing in the Normans. It's – I just can't grasp how to look at (laughs) or what cards I would look at to try and figure out for – you know, timing, because sometimes yeah. you don't always get a card that I feel would give you a definitive answer as to, you know, timing, especially if you're doing, say, a five-card spread.
2: Mm-hmm. How, how you will work. So first thing I want to say, <clears throat> sorry, first thing I want to say is, you know, The, your deck of cards is your best friend. It's a magical tool. You know, it's the extension of your intuition. And you need to make some agreement with your deck, you know, and whatever you ask it to do, it will do. Okay. For instance, if I agree with my cards that, uh, my fox card is my main job card, In all my readings, it will stay the same, you know? And for timing, same thing, okay? If you, you know, you tell the deck what you would like beforehand, it will show it to you. For instance, when I do a grand tableau, I will fix my time before, you know, I do the readings. I will say this grand tableau will cover from now to six months, and I want to see everything, you know? And it will show it to me. But when it comes to small, you know, small spread, things get a little bit complicated because we don't know where to look at. Correct. Which card will tell us month? Will which card will tells us day? So what we're going to do? I will, you know, tell people listening to the show to get, you know, some uh, writing material, or they can listen back to the show on the on the app, archive. And I'm going to chart. The, the whole deck so that you can use it with timing and I explain how to use it. Okay?
1: Okay. That'd be awesome.
2: Yeah. So um we will remove from the deck of course when we do timing the men and the woman card. They you know they represent people, but they they don't have any meaning of their own, you know? Right. So let's start with the cards that represent day and night. So I'm going to put these in categories so you can follow along and understand how the cards, you know, work and how their core meaning can be used in timing. Okay? So, day and night, for the day card, we have two cards that we use mainly, I use mainly. It's the sun, which is obvious, and the fish. Okay? So, why fish? Because fishermen... On my island, you know, they go fishing very early in the morning. So this is a card that will represent day for me. Okay. Okay. And the two cards that will represent night will be the stars and the moon. Again, it's obvious. Right. Okay. <laughs> so then we move to the category that is for the seasons, you know. And we start with spring. For spring, we have the bouquet because we all know that, you know, in spring, uh, you know, the, bouquet, the the flowers are blossoming and it smells, you know, amazingly good. And we also have the stork because they came back from their migration. Ah, okay. And the third card, yeah, and the third card that will represent spring will be the clover and it will be also my card for the month of March because we have Saint Patrick in March. Okay. okay. So then we move to summer. Summer, of course, it's the sun. <laughs> and you will see that you know one card can you know be in different categories. And then later on, when we go through the the, the categories, I will explain how to use them. And know, you know, is it summer, is it a day, daytime, or is it night, is it winter? Okay? Okay. So we have sun, and then we have the heart, and the heart will represent the month of February because it's Valentine's Valentine's Day, you know? For the autumn, I will use the clouds. You know, it's the gray, and it's when all the, the leaves are falling down. So, the clouds. And winter, we are going to use the lilies. Uh, Something I want to say here when we use the seasons, um, for instance, for me, I live in the Southern Hemisphere. Spring will be in the month of November. Okay. And summer will be in the month of December, like now. Okay. Okay. So you must agree before doing the reading which time frame you will use. If, for instance, I read for my client who lives in France, I will, you know, do like spring is now and winter is in December. If I will read for my South African people, I will shift you know, the seasons because it's to coordinate with my meanings and with my cards. So you need to Put that, you know, in your head that when you're doing readings, it would depend also on where the, pe- the people you're reading for lives. Okay. So then we move to the slow cards, okay? It's the card that are lengthy timing. So again, here we need to understand the core meaning and the property or quality of a card so that we can figure out how it can relate to time. And, you know, the Le uses a metaphoric language and you need also to, uh, to keep that in mind. And, um, you, you know, you will see how a cart can move quickly and how a cart will move slowly. So let's say the ship. The ship will is a very slow card. If if someone will ask you a question, when will this happen? And if you get the ship, you will know that it will not overnight. You know because a ship takes a long uh, time to make its trip. Right. Okay. Same for the house. You need time to build a house. For the tree, again, a tree takes like a year, you know, to grow and to. To be a tree, from a plant to a tree, it's a lengthy amount of time, and you need to have that in mind. Now we move to an intriguing card, the coffin. It is the slowest card that you can get in the day. Okay, you will ask me why. Because the coffin is the symbol of death, and death is a symbol of eternity, Okay. Get me?
1: I do get you. See, I would have thought, you know, 60, 70, 80
2: years. <laughs> no. It's a like, life cycle know, that, it's, you know. You, you can't, I get questioned when I get the coffee and I will say, my parents, mm-hmm. I can't tell you when we, this will happen because it will be, it can never happen as well, you know.
1: Right, okay. So that's a card and that can pretty much tell us that it's not, more than likely going to happen.
2: If yeah, get... exactly. Okay. Depending on the other cards that you have, of course, because the normal tends to be reading pair or, you know, in different uh, cluster of cards, it can mean it will not happen, or it can mean that it will happen at, that you are, like, locked in the situation, you know? Like a coffin is closed and sealed. Yes. You know, things will happen like that. So then we move to the birds. Birds are very small, and they need a lot of time to travel a long distance. Okay? The child, as well, it takes years for a child to grow into, you know, an adolescent and then to an adult. Okay? So if I'm going too uh, fast, you just tell me. No, no, you're going fine. Okay. I'm, I'm, so intri- then, you know, I'm
1: intrigued that I'm listening so intently because I've yeah. had such an issue with timing that, you know, like I would have looked at birds and I would have figured springtime, birds finally coming out, you know, hearing mm-hmm. the sounds because springtime is, right, you know, right now for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would not have thought. Then, you know,
2: if you... If you agree with your deck that the birds is your spring card, it will be. Like I told you at the beginning, mm-hmm. everything that you tell your card to do, they will do. You know, okay. they are obeisant. You know, <laughs> benevolent <laughs> spirit. <laughs> they will do as you will. So then we move to um, to the bear. Okay. The bear is, you know, big and heavy, and it needs a longer time to walk his way. And also, it's a card, you know, that is related to hibernation. Yes. You know, so, someone will ask me, will I get this job, or will this uh, business venture work? And I get the bear if I'm doing timing, okay? Because right. bear is also the money card for me. So if I get the bear, I will tell him, you know, these things need time to cook. It's not ready yet. You will not earn any money from it now. So wait. Then we move to the anchor. So again, a heavy card. An anchor is, you know, heavy object attached to a rope or chain, yes. and it is used to moor the ship in the bottom. And Yeah, it's a very slow card. When you get it, things will not happen again overnight. And the last heavy or slow card that we have is the cross. Okay? Think about Jesus and the crucifixion. You know, him carrying the heavy cross and him falling more than once on his way. You got me? I got you. Yeah. And of course, if some people are not religious, because, you know, I apply things that I see in my daily life. You know, we are a Christian country. We are French, so we're Christian. So, you know, religion tends to come in, you know, <laughs> very often. But if you're not a religious person, you don't need to, you know, what about Jesus or whatever, just to make people understand how they can, you know, apply the meaning of the cross.
1: Right. And they, and it's something that people need to understand. Cuz now I know I'm in a lot of groups in Facebook. And mm-hmm. timing I see is always an issue.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some issue so. Anyway, so then we move to the quick cards, you know, things that will happen very soon. So we've got the rider. The rider runs very quickly to its destination. Uh, We have the clover. You know, when you have luck, everything goes very quickly. And we have the snake. The snake, you move very quickly. It slips very quickly when it, you know, it's doing its things. We have the scythe. The scythe cut through very quickly again. The mice... The mice is not easy to chase. You know, when you have a mice or mouse in your house, it's not easy to get him. (laughs) You have to run up to it. I've been there. I've done that.
1: So, yes, I do understand that
2: one. (laughs) Let's see. And we have a key. So, the key, unlock the door in no time. So, when you have a key, you just, you know, open your door. It's very quick. So, again, it's very quick. So, when you have these cards, you know, they ask you when will it happen. You get the key, so it's very soon. You know, it can be weeks, it can be days. It's very very quick. So, like I said uh, at the beginning, you know, le normal uh, some of the normal cards have multiple meaning. Okay, and it's very true again in timing. And I believe that this mean, many meanings and aspect of a card really you know can uh, make trouble for. People to understand how things work because the same card can be de- like I'm giving you the timing. Several card can mean you know uh, same card, sorry, can mean uh, you know same things. So I have the fifth category here that I call the markers. Okay, and these I use it. I only use the number. On the cart, like, say, you know, the Clover. I know that Clover is a very quick cart, and I will give it, you know, two days because it has the number two on the cart. Get me? That I do. For instance, the house, which is, you know, a long-time cart again, uh, if I need to put it a date, I will say, like, you know, four weeks or four months or four years as well because it's, it's a slow card the snake I will tell you know seven days because it's a quick card and we have the number seven and please people don't try to do numerology with le Normand. it doesn't work the deck wasn't <laughs> designed for that okay don't try to add the numbers and try to you know attribute a meaning from that it will not work you will get lost and you will throw your deck in the bin so don't do that so then the dog, for instance, the dog, the tower, the garden, I will use the number on the cart and attribute it to days and months. Or for instance, the dog can be the 18th of a month, the tower can be the 19th of a month. Okay. So I'm giving all these little details and then I will explain how to apply it in a reading. So knowing it is good, but you really need to know how to use it then. Right. Okay. Okay. So then we move to um, the tricky category, (laughs) the the card that people tend to have, you know, an issue when they want to know about timing, okay? So when you have the fox in a reading, so this will tell you that there are, you know, something going around that tricks the timing. So it can be a third party influencing the issue or the decision for this event to happen. Does not lie on your shoulders? It's another person. You understand what I I want to try to say? Yes. Okay. When you get the crossroad, it will be your choice and decision that will make the timing happen. Okay. For the ring, it will be, for me, the ring has always shown, you know, an important date, like an anniversary, a birthday, you know, a wedding anniversary. Very important, significant date. And I remember not, you know, not uh, long ago, last year, there was someone who came for a reading and she was uh, looking for a job and she got the, the, the ring card. And so I asked her, when is your birthday? And she told me my birthday is in, is in three months. And so I told her you will get the job, you know, around that time. And so she got like, I believe two weeks before her birthday, she got her job. So it's always a significant date. And when you have the book, it's like the coffin. The timing is unknown because book is secrets. Book is, you know, things that are hidden.
1: So it's very possible that book is also going to be, it may not happen, but right now there are just too many things going on for any concrete information.
2: All you need Oh, you need to learn, you know, yeah, you need to learn things more and looking deeper into things uh, for uh, the timing to happen. So, we move now to the last category, which is uh, which I call the cycles, the cycle card. And these cards, you know, will show you cycles, patterns, and rhythm. Okay, for instance, the whip, it's the card of motion, you know, over and over again. So, it's like you are in a, in a cycle. Okay, the ring again, it's to its circular form, it's like turning around and around. And the moon and the fish is all about moon phases. Got me? Which
1: which makes sense.
2: Yeah. So now let's go to the fun part how to use all this, you know, beautiful information. Things is, when you get your Le Normand book or whatever, you know, website you are on and you learn Le Normand, you will start to do these, you know, journals and write a lot of what a card can mean. But the thing is, knowing it is good, but you know, you need also to know how to use it. And sometimes this is something that I see is a lack. This is why I have a YouTube channel where I teach people, not only the meanings, you know, knowing the meaning is step one, of course. But then you, know, you need to move forward and, you know, do your spread. And sometimes, you know, you, you can know uh, your meaning perfectly. And then when you do the spread, you are like, you're blank. You go blank. <laughs> and you, you don't know how to deal with things. The thing is, you, you, you know the meaning, but you don't know the technique. And I'm going to give you the technique. So... Before doing a reading, you need to choose what method of reading you are going to use, okay? Because there are different ways of reading the Lenormand. Uh, you have the narrative method, which is, you know, reading the cards from left to right. You have the charge card method. It's when you focus on a card and then takes the card that sandwiches it from left to right. Okay, so you really need to, you know, decide what you will use. This is the very first step. What technique I will use. And for my uh, part, I tend to use the focus card, which is I read from the center. Then I move left to right. This is what works for me. But people can, you know, choose whatever uh, technique. But they really need to decide. It's like reading a book. You want to know how to read it.
1: Right. So you look at the center card as like your focus card.
2: My focus. This will tell me what is going to happen. And the two of the card will describe further on, you know, give me uh, more information. And my last card in any spread that I do, it can be three, five, seven, thirteen, nine, nine, whatever number of card, the last card. The last card is the key, the last card is my answer card and it never changes. And this is how you will use your timing, you know? When you when you shuffle your cards, you uh, speak your question, you decide what technique you will use and then you make your line of cards and then you know that the last card is my answer card they will give me the timing, okay? Let's say I want to know if I'm going to get married, you know, this year or how much time it will take. And I get the clouds as the last final card. This will tell me that I'm going to get married in autumn. Okay. So, for me? You
1: it's always, so as long as you tell your cards that mm-hmm. that last card that you put down is going to be your significant card for timing.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's what you're always going to work with.
2: Exactly. And okay. you know, never change it. Never change it and uh I have tried multiple ways. Some people will tell you that one card is not enough to tell timing. But you know, the more is less, you know, it works when you don't have much card to influence you you stick to, when you do small spread, you don't want to have, you know, large number of cards, okay? Uh, for instance, when you're doing the grand tableau, you know, these four little cards at the bottom, which I call the line of wisdom, these are going to be the card that, the line that will tell me timing. And the last card, the 36 card, will tell me in how many time. If I didn't, you know, tell beforehand that the tableau covers like six months or three month. Right.
1: Okay. So if you don't, <laughs> with the grand tableau, if you don't tell it what time frame, then you're looking at the last four with the last card as the actual time mm-hmm. frame. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also people uh, think about, you know, your cards to be like, you know, physical people. If you don't have a conversation with it, it will, not, it, it can't reply. If, if you don't talk to me, I can't reply to you. I can't talk to you. It's an interaction, you know. And the more specific you are in your question, and please don't forget about the context. This is what makes people go crazy, you know. Context context is very important. They tend to apply a meaning, but they don't, you know. For instance, I will do reading about work, you know, and I got the heart. This will not tell me that I'm going to fall in love in my workplace, you know. It will rather tell me that this is a job that I love and passionate about.
1: Ah, okay. Oh. I can see that. So, what you would suggest for new people that are learning how to read the lenormands is mm-hmm. one stick to one particular way of yeah. doing it you know yeah. try making sure that you are assigning you know particular meanings for timing or placement yeah. of the actual card and use that consistently and you know I think that's part of my issue is you know I learn and I look and I study and I stalk and I YouTube (laughs) everybody (laughs) under the sun (laughs) because I'm interested in learning and I want to see how things work and how other people do things and I Mm -hmm. think what tends to happen is I get all mixed in my head all yeah. of these different techniques because it, you, you can read left to right. You can read right to mm-hmm. left. You can read center mm-hmm. first left and then right. Mm-hmm. If you are not doing a consistent yeah. same pattern over and over again, it's like having a conversation with a person where mm-hmm. you're making no sense And your cards will reflect the same information.
2: Exactly. And you will be all over the place without giving, you know, your client any tip, any, you know, I tend to read really know more in a very practical way. You know, if I want to do spiritual reading, I will focus on a spiritual reading. But most of the time, it's, you know, very practical, you know, question. And what is great really with more? it's, you know, you put the card down and you read it and you get the answer without too much, you know, um uh, like digging there is not much analysis to do in a Lenormand reading like in a in a tarot card reading
1: right tarot is very when, in depth internal yeah. you know searching and intuitive and the Lenormands, when you get it down and I'm still working on that um, <laughs> when you get it down <laughs> it's scary on point
2: yeah. The, you know, the, the luck that I had, I believe this, what, you know, had helped me to be, you know, a good Lenormand reader is that Tarot had never influenced my, you know, my practice because I came from, um, you know, plain card reading, then I moved to Lenormand and then I moved to the Tarot. You know, and most of the people, they do the universe way. They are already tarot readers and they want to upgrade their, you know, their, uh, their way of reading and then they adopt Le Normand. But they tend to put what they had already learned, you know, in the tarot and they put it in the Le Normand and the deck is not working the same way and they get, you know, nuts. <laughs>
1: Uh, I have been there because, you know, I read, you know, Normands, tea cards, soul cards, pasta, yeah. bones. I mean, I love, yeah. I can't stop learning. I'm like a holic.
2: <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that, you know. And I believe that when you're a diviner, you can read from anything. My, <laughs> You know, when I was... Uh, Young and I was, you know, doing my readings because my deck of Lenormand is very old now. I can't use it anymore because the the cards are too much damage. And you, you can recognize, you know, beforehand which card is which because it's tear. It's have, you know, lines on them. And when I was younger, I would ask my dad, you know, when this deck is going to be old, where I am going to have a new one. And he replied to me, "If you can read." If you are a real reader, you can tear, you know, newspaper and read from it. And this yeah. is real.
1: And I agree with that 100% because, yeah. you know, cards are a tool, you know. Yeah. Cards, bones, pasta, dominoes, you know, no matter what it is, it's a yeah. way of opening up the connection to our internal and our higher selves, which is where we receive all our information from, as well as our guides, our ancestors, spirits, angels, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. that you work with.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, Karen... The
2: thing I want to to point out also, le More can be used in various ways. It's not only, like I said, practical readings, telling people if they're going to get married. It's more than that, you know. You can do spiritual readings, you know, about... Knowing who is your guardian angel because I explained that in my book as well. Uh, I attribute, you know, some card people who are angel reader will relate to that. I had, you know, attributed some cards that will relate to certain archangel and to certain spirit. Like in Brazil, you know, they are they really are very spiritual and they tend to use the Lenormand which they call the Zigano as, you know, a spiritual deck, and they will use that to communicate with their ancestors. I also do mediumship using le normand. And, you know, it's what you decide to do with it. It's not only for prediction and fortune telling. You can go further on.
1: I think with Uh, uh, any form of divination you can once you get to that point. And you had that solid foundation. And we did have a question in our chat room from my dear friend, Karen of Tea with Karen. Um, Yeah, hi, Karen from
2: Australia. I believe she is.
1: Yes, she is. (laughs) She wants to know how you found your publishing experience, you know, working with the publisher that you go through. I believe you go through, is it Schiffler?
2: Yeah, Shifa Publishing. My experience, you know, I have read a lot of uh, negative, you know, um, uh, things on forums when people tend to sign a publishing contract. They told you that the publisher will steal you and they take your ride, they will rip you. And, you know, I was quite afraid first because uh, the thing is, I never intended to first write a book. Everything that I've done from, you know, the first day to now, I never intended anything. It's like, you know, things come to me. I say, okay, I'll do it. And then it unfolds and it unfolds into things. Uh, a senator of mine years before told me, you know, you have so much uh, experience in Le Normand. You should, you know, write something and, you know, make it available to public. And I told her, me being an author, a writer, I, I don't see me as one, you know. And so I I try, I wrote the book, I've self-published The Art of Le Normand, the first edition. I've done it myself. I've done a run of three hundred and fifty copies because the more you print, the less uh, you know, it costs. And <laughs> my wife my wife told me, You are crazy. Why did you print three hundred and fifty? So I told her, you know, it's cheap. So we can do something with it. And I sold the 350 book. I sold it in less than a month. And, you know, I updated it. And people know that my English is not perfect because it's not my mother tongue. And, you know, the book has some, you know, grammar issues. But it worked.
1: <laughs> my, and my English is not day- perfect either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then one day someone, you know, emailed me and told me, you know, we would be interested to, uh, to produce your book and to make it, you know, available worldwide. And it was someone from Schiffer. And then I say, okay, okay, let's do it. And then they, they gave me uh, a publishing contract and we, I worked together with a wonderful uh, woman. Her name is Dana. And she really helped me, you know, she was my voice, you know. She didn't change my book from the, if, if you have the first edition and you get the, the, the second one, you will see that the language is very close, but she like enhanced it a little bit more English way, you know. Okay. And then they've done new designs, new presentation for the book. It's look, it looks more professional now. But the, the whole experience, it took like a year and a half from the book. to to hear and it was very pleasant you know these are people that I will you know call when I don't understand something I told you my English is not good and I didn't knew that the process of signing a a contract a publishing contract and going through all the steps was so lengthy but they really helped me you know to make something great. And yeah, my publishing experiences was, was great. It's still, it's still great.
1: Nice to hear because, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that have published self published and mm-hmm. the minute they go to a publisher, they tend to yeah. lose control. They lose control over their creativity or they, they, Lose the the biggest chunk of everything, which sometimes is you know the amount of money that they get per book, and they don't always understand the amount of work that the publishers do. Um, yeah, or, a lot
2: of work they do behind the scenes, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's their job yeah. aside from producing is also to, you know, advertise.
2: Push. Well, marketing is, yeah, marketing is a, a, a big deal, you know. Uh, for instance, you know, they will bring your book to everywhere, Reader's Studio to, you know, all the conferences. They will, uh, you know, send your book in different countries. For instance, I, I, I had a, a French uh, book owner. She wanted to have my deck. And so I contact them to see how she could get it, you know, from, uh, from them. And actually she needs to work with, you know, someone in Europe. So she needs to get uh, a a distributor from uh, the UK to get the deck to her. So there is a lot of, you know, work behind it. And of course, all these people need to, to have a salary and to earn their money as well. So it's, you know, you will get your money, of course, but you also need to understand that you have done, yes, the, the work, but a book written that stays on your nightstand will not bring you any anything, but these people are there to, you know, take your book and present them and, you know, advertise it, and they really do a great job. Um, just to let you know that, you know, when I signed the contract, I, you know, I wanted like a kit. I wanted my book and the deck to be in a beautiful box, you know, like the Egyptian Menormand, which is one of, you know, of uh, Schiffer's publication product. And that, you know, when people will get the kit, they will have the cards and the book and they can really, you know, go into learning the reading and, you know, working with the cards because this is something that I was dreaming to have when I was young. I was telling myself, why did people didn't write, you know, a book and tell us how these cards worked, you know? But then when they do their, you know, the pricing and whatever from their, uh, their printers, it was too expensive to make it that way. And I didn't want to, you know, to make my book half its length because I feel that everything that, that's in there. A reader really need to have it to be able to read because you go for timing to to health to you know if you're in a relationship if you're single you know all this kind of information well packed in there. And so they told me I need to choose uh, if I will agree to only make the book and not the deck. And I tell them no. If you don't do you know them both, I will not do the contract with you. So they agreed to give me, you know, two publishing contracts, one transform into two. So you see that, you know, they have values. They really understand the, uh, the authors we are thinking. And my publisher also told me this is why I signed with them, because when I have my interview with them, they told me, you know, we don't want to change the way that You wrote the book because you know the card better than we we know. And this really, you know, showed me that they really care of how an author feel and how someone that had worked on a project won't want to see it being, you know, cut off or erased or modified or whatever. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, Terry Smith, one of our members of the chat room, wants to know if your older child is reading the Lenoman yet. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) he is. Not like, you know, a professional reader, but he knows, for instance, when he will do, I will take an example that just recently happened. You know, my mom was uh, on holidays here with us and she left last uh, Sunday. Okay, so when she was uh, when she was going for for for, for friends, um, she had an issue at the airport. You know, the the the, the, the plane was delayed, and you know when your plane when your plane is delayed, you need to like you know look for transportation because the taxi that you have booked before is no longer on time. So he told me, you know, and we didn't we were not aware about these, you know, these issues. And when we left mom at the airport, he told me, Dad, can we just, you know, pull some cards and see how the trip of 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 grandma will go? Okay. So we have cards, and he said, Oh, it seems like her plane is going to be late, because we have the stork, which is my symbol for airplane, and we have the mountain. You see?
1: Ah, yes, and he,
2: <laughs> he he immediately recognized that there will be a delay or whatever, and then we have the bouquet, which tells us, you know, at the end everything is fine. And he said, "Oh, she has the bouquet, so she will be good," you know. And I, I train him. I train him.
1: Well, that's a good thing, you know, keeping that in the family, and yeah. it's important. I feel, you know, as spiritual beings, you know, mm-hmm. to ensure that if you have kids that you bring your kids up in a spiritual lifestyle and doesn't necessarily mean religious, but spiritual, you have to feed their heart, their mind, their body, their soul, Mm -hmm. their spirit, you know, in order for them to be well balanced, beautiful human beings as they grow up.
2: The thing is, you know, when you are, Someone who is, we are all intuitive because I believe that it's a muscle and that we all have this capacity. But you know, with our modern life, we try to mute it. It's like, you know, uh, some people, everyone can trade for the Olympics, but not everyone will win, of course. But we are all capable to intend, you know, to use it. And when someone is connected to his intuition, this brings, you know, confidence. You don't fear anything you know, you live more peacefully because, you know, if there is a problem, you will be able to solve it because you can access, you know, the answers, okay? And this is something that I tend to to teach to people that if you're connected, if you use your intuition, life will be so easy. And I can tell you that my life had been easy since I, you know, let the, the cars, the intuition lead the way and i you know people tend to see oh you had uh, um like you know an amazing childhood it was amazing but you know from times i had you know hard times too like for instance when i was in school in college i tend to read the lenomore for my teachers you see and i was you know working hard at school i was a great student and i would have you know great notes But my friends, in the same class as as me, they will actually, you know, believe that as I was reading the cards for my teacher, they were giving me favors. And I had, you know, a hard time at school for that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I can see that. And it's a shame that people have to look at things, you know, from the negative side. You know, it's... It's one of those things, you know, unfortunately in our culture over here that tends to happen a lot that we get so conditioned and beat up, you know, with life's trials and everything that happens that the first thing we always look at is what's wrong. (laughs) Exactly.
2: You don't fit, you know, in the normal people, you know, you're strange or weird, you know, they will tend to put you in a sort of category. So... And human nature you know needs to categorize things, <laughs> you know yeah this person is that way, this person is the other way, but you know we are born like that, and we are all different this is what makes us special everyone has a special skill, you know um, and I see you know uh, giving readings it's a skill you know it's 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 a skill, and there are other people that have other skill they are good at painting i I tend to do um, oil painting. I don't have time anymore to 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 do so because it takes a lot of time. But there are people who are not gifted with color reading, but they are. They have other gifts. And, you know, do what makes you happy. This is the essential part.
1: I agree with that 100%. Let me take a moment yeah. to thank some of our wonderful members of our chat room, RK Gomes, Ooh. Adriana Roman, of course, Catherine, yeah, I'm sorry, Karen Dalton Smith, the yeah. T with Karen yeah. by the way says hello right back to you. Uh, EC <laughs> Ballard, William Burn, yeah, Wilma Burnham Terry Smith, mm-hmm. you know, who've all joined in, you know, they've been asking a couple oh, of questions. They've been great. listening live. I want to give a shout out also to um, one of friends that are going to be at the Big Apple Conjure 2018. So Big Apple Conjure Gala 2018 down in the Big Apple downtown Brooklyn, New York, April 14th and 15th, sponsored by Amberzine Laguerre, um, Miss Rains Conchersham, with Master of Ceremonies Candelo Kambisa, special presenters including Candelo Kambisa, Beverly Smith, Professor Charles Porterfield and Michelle Jackson, Amberzine Laguerre, Lilia Marino, Professor Ames and Brother RJ James. You know, you can tune into the Divination Table, but you know, we also have our own website, thedivinationtable.com. And here on this site, you can see a list of all of our up and coming guests that'll be appearing every week as well as a special contact page. And on this contact page, you will only find readers and diviners that have been on this show that I have personally hand selected to bring on, as well as their contact information. So you'll be able to listen to the show, go to our website, you'll be able to click on contact a reader and look through all the guests that we've had And find ways to contact them, their website, email, you know, however method they prefer to be contacted, you'll find this all on the divinationtable.com website. Um, Speaking of contacts, how do our wonderful Mm -hmm. listeners get a hold of you?
2: So you can find me on, uh, if you're uh, English speaking people, because I have, you know, bilingual uh, uh, websites. So if you're English speaking people, you can reach me at angelculturomancy.com. Okay. And if you are uh, French speaking pe- people, you can uh, join me on lenormandextraordinaire.wordpress.com. I also have an Etsy shop, which is Alexandre Musrug shop. You can type, you know, my name in the uh, search bar, Alexandre Musrug and you will find my shop there. I also have a YouTube, actually two YouTube channel. Again, type my name and you will easily find me.
1: And now you have to reiterate your book. If you can re, uh, rename your book as well as the name of your yeah. deck.
2: Okay, so my book is The Art of Le Normand Reading Decoding Powerful Messages. You can find it everywhere on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, in different countries. It's it's there, you can pre order it. Uh, it is going to come out on the 20th of April. My deck is Alexandre Mustrak Le Normand. <laughs> it wears my name. I never decided for it because the name was different before. But the publisher, you know, they told me put your name on there and it will be good. So Alexandre, Alexandre, like Alexander, but with R E U University R and E M U S R U C K Le Normand Oracle Cards.
1: And. If you could give our listeners who are just starting out or just trying to, you know, learn more on Lenormans, what kind of tips or anything could you give them to become better readers?
2: Okay. So the first thing is to learn the more possible about the meaning and nuances of each and every card. Okay. So, so, also, you know, when you start, you don't need to learn all the, on day one, you know, just pick two meanings for each card. And this will be your basic, you know, dictionary to work on your Le Normand. And then to read the cards, you, you choose the technique, like I say, the focus card or the narrative way of reading it and make agreements with your cards. This, this is very important. This is what makes your deck personal to you, okay? So tell your cards beforehand what it should do, you know? And um, also when you start, the question is very important because sometimes you get an answer and it seems like it's it's unclear or, or inaccurate And go back to your question because the problem can be the way that you had formulated your question. And you can take like a journal or a piece of paper, write down your question. Because when it's written, you can see, you know, if you have to change it, to shift it or whatever, to modify it. And apply the meaning of your cards to the context. Don't forget your context. This is, you know, where all your accuracy will be and have fun of course do what you love and
1: I agree with that you know I love the 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 statements about making sure that you talk to your deck tell your deck mm-hmm. exactly what to do and you know aside from having fun you know it is a relationship that you have with your deck and yeah you build that relationship slowly over time yeah and giving exactly you cards you know learning one or two card meanings a day you know mm-hmm. meditate mm-hmm. sit with learn you know remember and write things down you know i never used to journal yeah. i have to say until i started doing bone readings and learning how to read bones. I Mm -hmm. do not like journaling at all. Never did it. Don't like writing. But I have found that by doing that and looking at, you know, the meanings and and what I think is the most important thing that you've said is formulating a proper question. Yeah. A lot of times, and I've seen this in groups, you know people will blurt out you know, does he love me? <laughs> yeah.
0: But they don't stick.
1: <laughs> In what way? Or yeah, what exactly. the actual person is, you know, if it's you know, hey, they can love you as a friend, as a mentor exactly. As yeah. A teacher. You know, if you're looking for, you know, really good detailed answers Mm -hmm. you need to have really good detailed questions and that includes you know telling your deck just like you would a friend hey yeah do you think that john so-and-so loves me and would want to have a relationship in a loving way you know a committed relationship you wouldn't just say hey does so-and-so like me In in what way? Yeah, true. true. In what context? So I think it's just very important that you brought up, you know, for all new readers, formulate those really good detailed questions. Write them down and look at them. If it wouldn't make sense saying it to a good friend or even Mm -hmm. a stranger on the street who does not know you. Give them as much information as you can so that your cards can provide you as much information as you
2: can. Exactly. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you a secret, you know, about journaling. Uh, my book was made from my old journal. You know, everything that it's in my book are information that I have started to write down since day one, 23 years ago. You know, and then and this is why my book was, you know, I when I decided to write the book and to print it, it took a really, you know, small amount of time because I knew what I wanted to put in there and all the information that I needed. I didn't need to look for it, it was there in my journals. Okay, so try to keep track of your readings and you will see that. Some cards will have a specific meaning for you. For instance, when I do a reading for myself, okay, my wife will be the dog. Okay. Don't ask me why. I know it's not a romantic card. It's not the heart. It's not the bouquet, but I believe that she really trusts me and she is my best friend apart from being my wife so the dog had always you know uh, represent her my little girl Matilde. when I do readings she is the moon hmm. you know so this works for me but perhaps it will not work for you but with practice you will develop specific you know meaning that will trigger only you
1: and I think that's a beautiful note you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: would you like since we were, we actually ran overtime which is perfectly okay because I've been so entranced <laughs> learning and like I said okay. this is one of the areas that I've always had an issue with, it was timing mm-hmm. and how to look at the cards and figure out because I listen to way too many people about too many different <laughs> things <laughs> and, yeah, and I think a it's lot, it's lot like of a us cocktail. fall into that <laughs> yeah. You know stick with one way of doing it. If you're gonna learn, you know, the Rana George method, learn the Rana George mm-hmm. method. If you're gonna learn the you know Alexander Musrock I'm gonna butchering your name and I apologize. You know, if you're gonna learn the method you're that good. he teaches, learn the method that he teaches. Don't yeah. learn them all. And then
2: choose what works for you.
1: Yeah, because, you know, if you learn them all, you know, not saying that learning them all is a bad thing, but you Mm -hmm. tend to cross-reference different styles and different techniques, Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure, you know, you can do that down the road once you have that solid foundation on one system down pat.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to tell people something as well, you know. Uh, many people, when they start uh, learning, you know, whatever, le normal tarot, they want like to be, you know, to they take, you know, models. Like some people want that read le normal, want to be like Rana George. You know, and other people want to be, you know, like Alexandre, over will be want to be like Warren Morris. The thing is, we are all different. This is what makes, you know, us uh, successful, if, if you will, because we, you know, we, we know Le Normand, but each and every one of us flavors it at its own sauce. You see? And I believe that there is a place for everyone. You don't need to be like anyone, okay? If you want to be a good reader, if you want to be a good practitioner, you know, work hard. Things is not magical. Things will not happen. You know, like clapping fingers. You need to give time. You need to practice. You need, you know, you need to really invest. And the normal is something that you need to invest time in it if you don't have the time if you think that learning learn more in one hour can happen you are missing things up so be yourself okay and again do what makes you happy and don't get angry with the cards you know
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't get angry with your cards in any way you know it's a tool you know you if you have a friend, if you, if you have a best friend and each time that you meet him, he doesn't tell you what you want to hear and you get angry with him, this person will no more be your best friend. And with your cars, with your tools, whatever crystal stones, whatever you read from, if you don't respect them, they will not, you know, have a relationship with you. So it's very important to be, you know, to be grateful this is something that I have learned. The more grateful you are, the more things you get to be grateful for.
1: That's a beautiful way of looking at it.
2: Yeah. And it's okay when you have a client, you know, when you have a client, they ask question. It's a, a good way also to correct their question. You know, try to put your question in a positive way.
1: Yeah, I'm a big firm believer in, you know, as a reader, you have a duty and a right to change Mm -hmm. and modify any question that a client puts to you for more than one reason. One is to get the best answer you can get for your cards. And we don't Mm -hmm. always get the best question from clients. You know, sometimes they give us... The little short, you know, Reader's Digest version. I just want to know about this. But the other two is we work with our cards, with the spirits that are in the cards, our ancestors, Mm -hmm. guides, whatever. We need to provide them with as much information as we can in a way that they understand it. So it's important just like talking with your friend, you know, to provide them with as much information so they can give you that answer that you're looking for.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, when you do like readings, it's very important to understand. I am very picky at this because I've seen, you know, too much reader that uh, tends to take power over their client and this is not good. You know, uh, you, when someone sits at your table, they came for a consultation, for a short amount of time, you have the life of this person on the table. You know, you can be of great help or you can be, you know, a destroyer. I've seen people that have gone for, to readers and that you know coming from there they had got so wrong information that they had messed their life okay so try to be the more honest possible and when someone comes to you they pay you you must tell all oh. even if it's not pretty you know but of course you're a diplomat you know use you know, nice words and, you know, be polite and all that. But you need to know that the person had come to you because this person has so much on her plate and she is more of the time desperate and she don't know where to go and they have trust you. This is why they have taken their car, drive like two hours and wait in the waiting room to get their turn and, you know, and... Make the time that you have with with your client a time of quality. And if you want to, you know, to be prosperous, to continue working and having clients, having these ethics is very, very important. Through 23 years of working with clients, I have never done any advertisement. I never spent any, you know, money in newspaper or whatever. All the people that I read for, and I read a lot, and for, to, you know, many people in different countries, I was recently on uh, a trip. I came back last night from Readings for client uh, from Mauritius, and uh, what works is the word of mouth. You know, when someone knows you, and then they refer you back to a friend, to a sister, to a co-worker, and living on a small island... If you are a swingler, if you are a scam, people will know it. Oh, yes. And with with no time, you will have no more clients. You will have the police officers, you know, at your door because you are doing things that are not nice. So when you do a reading, put yourself in the place of your client. You know, what will I do in this situation? You know, what type of help? Uh, will, you know, will really help me in this situation. It's not only the person come in and she wants to know, you know, if my husband is trustworthy, you know, or will I get divorced. It's not only giving an answer. It's also giving ways, you know. We can tell the person if, it, if they need, you know, um, to see an expert or, you know, give them practical help. You, they came for help. It's they don't need only the answers, but they know, they need the ways to get out of the trouble. And you are there to provide this type of help. It's not only reading. Uh huh. It's also you know, it's a reading. Is not only a reading? It's also a healing.
1: Yes, I'll agree with that. So as we wrap this up, I want to thank all of our wonderful listeners who you know joined yeah, in and listened guys. to us today. Um would you like to say our final goodbyes for tonight?
2: Yes, of course. So thank you for all the person who have taken the time to listen to the show, which is a great show. By the way, Michael, you're doing a fantastic job bringing divination on our table. <laughs> um, I want to <laughs> I want to thank everyone, and I hope that the information that I have given you, really, you know, how to help you understand the concept of timing and how you can use it in your own practice, okay? So thank you for being there. Without you, there will not be me. There will not be Michael. It's because of you that we are here. So thank you.
1: I thank you as well. And tune in next week, same time, same batch channel, 7 p.m. on Thursday. Have a beautiful and blessed night, and we'll see you.